What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's April 16, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 31. In this episode, I'll be breaking down things you need to have to build the perfect home gym and bringing cooking into your home to be more healthy. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. So, I'm still in the U.S. of A. I honestly thought I'd be in Canada right now, but I actually couldn't find a way back into Canada this week. So my plan was to get a rental car, and it looked like Avis was the only company that would allow me to bring a rental car and return it into Canada. But then when I went to make my reservation, they told me that they actually couldn't do one-way rentals into Canada, so that plan went out the window real quick. That was on top of the fact that I already paid for a COVID test, which I was negative for, since you need a negative test to get into Canada, whether that be to drive or fly in. Well, this time around, I'm really leaving this coming Monday and heading into Canada. I think I'm pretty much set now. I have my flight booked, my overpriced three-day hotel is booked, and... I got an Airbnb as well for the remaining 10 or 11 days or whatever of my quarantine. And then I go home home in early May. I'm not really looking forward to any of my uh, 14-day quarantine, but there's not really anything I can do about that. I gotta stay up in the prison hotel for three nights. And then I can't even go for walks at the Airbnb since I'm supposed to stay up in the house still or whatever. But at least uh, it looks like there's a backyard area that I can chill out on when I'm there. And hopefully I can do some training of some sort back there for a few days when I get home. And let's move on to my training for this week. And I didn't even know I was going to have access to the gym. So that was an added bonus, I guess. Didn't know I was going to be training for this week. So my lifting sessions went a bit different this week. For the majority of the past four months, I've been working on mostly strength. So... Working in that less than eight, uh, eight rep range, around three to six reps or so. Well, this last week, I decided to just back off the really heavy weights and work in more of a 10 to 12 rep range. And man, my pumps were ridiculous this week. I think that all started because I had to work out at Planet Fitness early on in the week for an upper body day. And they only have up to 75 pound dumbbells. For me, that's pretty light, so I had to switch up my programming for that day to 12 to 15 rep range for those exercises. And then I just ended up sticking with it for the rest of the week, just to build whatever kind of muscle I could in this last week. 
And while I was at that Planet Fitness actually this week, I heard about the U.S. stopping the use of the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine. Because I think it was like six females or something got blood clot issues and I think even one passed away due to complications. And then I heard somewhere else that they're stopping the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine too. So it looks like the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines are the way to go. I'm sure they all work to some capacity, but man, the anti-vaxxers are just going to be all over the fact that they pulled a few of the vaccines. The same people that say COVID is only killing 1% of those affected are going to immediately go out there and say, oh my God, see, the vaccines are so bad for you. They're causing blood clot issues in six people out of what? I mean, like more than a million or something like that. Those same people that say COVID isn't a big deal are going to say that they're not going to get the vaccine because of these problems. And it's just pretty funny, really. It's just a simple case of the straw man logic. At least I think that's what it's called. And last week I mentioned that a bunch of Vancouver Canuck players got it. Well, they're looking to finally play games this weekend, I think. And that's after only one practice while the majority of the team was experiencing symptoms. And even one of their uh, star defensemen, Quinn Hughes, I think, had a really tough battle with it too. Even in basketball, Jason Tatum on the Boston Celtics said that he now uses an inhaler before every game to help him with breathing. And in my family, a few members of mine got their first dose of the vaccine, which is good. But unfortunately, I also have two family members who have COVID right now. So please, everyone, just continue to be safe out there. Ontario is starting to break their COVID numbers, even though Toronto and Peel region have been on lockdown since late November, I think. 4,700 daily cases. It's just out of control at this point, but I think I might be able to get the vaccine when I do go back, so fingers crossed for that. Moving on from that, I found this one pretty shocking, actually. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge... Uh, out of nowhere, just decided to retire in the middle of the NBA season. He recently got traded to the Brooklyn Nets to join that super team in an attempt to get a free ring. But damn, he decided uh, yesterday morning that he's retiring. That's pretty sad to see, especially when I read more into the situation. And he mentioned that he's been dealing with an irregular heartbeat for a few years now. He's been battling that for a while now, and he said that last week he felt that something wasn't right and that he was really scared about it. So that's what basically caused this decision. Man, prayers up for him, but he seems to be okay for now, so hopefully him not playing basketball won't make that issue worse. Topic 1. Building the perfect home gym. So a little disclaimer... I don't have a home gym, but I do plan on having one eventually. So I've thought about this a lot over the past few years. If you're planning on building a home gym, then I'll list a few essential things you need to get started. Now, because of the ongoing pandemic, there's a lot of people that have decided that they won't go back to the gym, even when they do eventually all open up, because of certain risks that have been highlighted over the past year or so. With that being said, people need the gym now more than ever because it'll help everyone stay in shape and be more healthy 
In order to prevent sickness and have a better chance at fighting against pandemics like COVID-19 and obesity. The bottom line is, people are going to be even more in need of ways to stay in shape, and that's why building a home gym is something that's of growing importance. When it comes to building a home gym, you don't have to invest a ton of money into it at first if you don't want to, especially if you're just starting on this path of exercise. So let's say you have less than $100 to spend. You can buy a few essential things to get your home gym started. And if you're new to exercising, then these tools will help you tremendously. I'll say the most important things you should get if you're in this price range are resistance bands, an exerciser stability ball, and maybe a pull-up bar as well. The resistance bands are a good cheap option to help you with training. I've talked about them before already. You're able to hit every body part basically just with the bands. They have varying degrees of resistance depending on the type of band you're using. And if you get a good one, they're pretty durable these days and should come with a little attachment you can hook up to your door to help you do rows and even push movements for your chest as well. They're pretty great, and I'll be using bands for most of my training for the next two weeks while I'm in quarantine, and I always have them around my room if I get bored and just feel like doing something every hour or so. An exercise or stability ball is going to be a good tool to have as well. It's again another cheap option, and you can do stability movements on there and core exercises. If you have some light dumbbells too, you can lie down on it with your feet on the floor and simulate a bench press exercise on there. And that version is going to be a little bit more difficult than doing it on a solid bench because it's less stable. So that means you're able to work those stabilizing muscles a lot more and your core will get additional work as well since balance will come into play there. And another item that you can pick up is the pull-up bar but this one's gonna depend on your fitness level, really. The pull-up is a great exercise for your back, and if you have the resistance bands and you currently struggle with doing pull-ups or chin-ups, then you can use the bands and put them under your feet to help you, or sorry, to help assist you a little bit, so that you can work towards doing pull-ups on your own at home. Some other cheap and notable items that could help you are a foam roller and a lacrosse ball as well. And that's more for cooling down, and they're going to be great for massaging sore areas with uh, myofascial release. I use both pretty frequently while stretching and listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos. I like using the foam roller for my whole body, and my lacrosse ball, I'll usually work on sore areas like uh, my chest or my shoulder area too. Now, if you have more money to spend maybe up to $2,000 or so, then you're probably looking at building a home gym that'll last you forever. That means it would be a good idea to start out with buying a stable power rack. And I say a stable one because uh, those cheaper ones tend to be unstable, according to some people I know who actually have home gyms. Along with that power rack, uh, of course you're going to need a barbell and some weight plates, depending on how strong you are. And it's also going to be a good idea to get a bench along with some kind of dumbbells. And that's basically all you need, really. 
there's not really a need to get machines specifically for one body part or one exercise. It's just a waste of space. And you can really do everything with free weights uh, involving the dumbbells and barbells. Now, you may have seen celebrity home gyms like The Rock or something. And honestly, the dude just has everything in his home gym. But unfortunately, we're not all millionaires, so there's not really a need to build a home gym along those lines. Free weights are going to be your best bet when it comes to reaching your goals, whatever that may be, building strength, losing weight, or just being healthy in general. For dumbbells, it would be pretty smart to get those adjustable dumbbells. I mean, they seem pretty expensive at first, but... Buying individual dumbbells up to 50 pounds or whatever are actually going to cost you a lot more. Those Bowflex ones are usually around 500 bucks, I think, but they're going to be cheaper than buying dumbbells individually, and you'll save space as well since you don't need to buy like 15 sets of matching dumbbells. And with a barbell and weights and a bench, you can really do everything you need. You'll be able to hit your lower body with squats and variations of deadlifts. Uh, probably it would also be a good idea to pick up some protective floor mats as well. And you'll be able to hit your upper body as well by bench pressing, overhead pressing, and doing rows for your back as well. And if your rack is really nice and stable, you should be able to even do pull-ups on there as well. So like I said, uh, when you have a power rack, barbells, and dumbbells, That'll pretty much cover everything you need. You can do every body part and pretty much any exercise with free weights, so that's really all you need. If you have neighbors, then maybe buying bumper plates would be a good idea too, so that'll uh, reduce how much noise and possibly how much damage you'll do to your floors too. And this is the same advice that I've given to a few of my friends who have their own home gyms. They usually ask me or they tell me, oh, I don't have much equipment. I don't know if it'll be good for you to work out here. I just have a rack and a barbell with some weights. And I always tell them that's really all you need as long as you have a few hundred pounds, depending on how strong you are. You're definitely able to build a solid physique from just free weights. I mean, I barely use any machines in the gym, really. And using free weights will be more applicable to real life situations since you're going to be recruiting more muscle when doing your movements. Topic 2. Bringing cooking into your home to be more healthy. When it comes to being more healthy or losing weight, you should already know that what you eat is going to be pretty important. It's more than half the battle, I think, along with exercise, because uh, diet is going to be the harder of the two to really be consistent with. Exercise is going to occupy maybe up to two hours of your day total, and the other 20 plus hours of the day you're going to be fueling yourself with food. And those food choices are going to be the difference between gaining fat or quality muscle. This is why it's a good strategy to cook your own foods when it comes to achieving any kind of health goal, whether that be gaining muscle, losing fat, or becoming more healthy. Food these days is so accessible. We can easily eat hundreds of calories because we're surrounded by highly processed foods that taste so good. Meanwhile, burning calories is a much harder thing to do. 
on an intense exercise day, you're probably looking at burning 400 calories an hour, and you can easily eat 400 calories in five minutes. All of these snacks that we're eating nowadays is just loaded with sodium and sugar, and that hits a spot in our brain, and it makes you crave these sorts of foods. And that starts when you're really young. Just this week, actually, I came across a few videos of kids eating candy for the first time or eating ice cream for the first time. At first, they get kind of like a shocked look, and then they immediately just want to dive in for another bite of whatever it is. Yeah, it does taste good, but that's actually also because that food is sending your brain a signal that it wants more. And that happens without you even thinking about this sort of thing. It happens kind of subconsciously. The thing is, manufacturers know that these kind of foods have an addictive property to them. And the more sodium and sugar is in there, the more you'll be tempted to keep buying these foods to give them more money. Now, I don't mean you need to cut it out completely, but you need to be aware of how much of these foods you're eating because it could potentially lead you down a road to obesity and bad health. In moderation though, these foods are generally okay, but when you overindulge or have these foods too much, especially multiple times daily, it could lead to health problems. For your sanity, you can still eat these foods, but you still might want to think about reducing how much of these foods you actually eat. The same thing goes when it comes to takeout food. If you have that every single day, then it's probably not going to be great for your health and overall physique. Those macros on MyFitnessPal of the fast food restaurants, they're just estimates. And they're loaded with sodium and salt again. Now, I'm not saying that you should never eat out. But again, be aware of how much you're doing it if you want to be more healthy. And especially if you're trying to lose weight. Fast food, uh, it usually tends to be pretty carb heavy and... They're not really ideal proportions when it comes to just getting a high protein intake most of the time or even getting vegetables in there. Just this week, actually, I ordered chicken wings for takeout and their vegetable serving, I kid you not, they gave me 15 tiny carrots, 15. I mean, it's better than nothing, but not by much. So when it comes to being more healthy, cooking your own food at home is going to be a major key and component. First off, it's going to be pretty tough to overeat when you make your own foods at home, especially if it's based around whole food sources. I talked about superfoods a few episodes ago, and when you're cooking at home, there's an easy way to incorporate these into your meals. When preparing meals at home, it's going to be easier to incorporate proper portions with your meals as well. That means an adequate amount of vegetables, along with a good amount of protein and not super loaded with carbs, which is how takeout foods are usually prepared. Lots of carbs and barely any protein. And when it comes to vegetable intake, uh, that's going to be lacking in most of our diets for sure. So when you're cooking and preparing your meals at home, you should be thinking about increasing your daily intake of vegetables along with fruits. And cooking at home helps with this because you can incorporate vegetables into your meals along with little ingredients that double as superfoods and will give you micronutrients that you might be lacking along with added benefits like boosting your immune system and making you more healthy overall. 
for taste and health benefits. You can also include things in your meal like onions, garlic, or pepper over some olive oil. And there are so many fundamental ingredients with amazing benefits like lemons and herbs like parsley, basil, cilantro, things like that. It's a good idea to incorporate more plant-based foods when you're prepping your meals because that tends to be where 99% of people are lacking, even me, I admit it. Diets these days tend to be refined sugars and fats while not really having enough fiber or plant-based foods. Remember that highly processed foods generally take out the nutritional value of food, so the more processed or the more shelf life it has generally means it has less nutrients in it and less antioxidants. To make food last longer, you have to take out the good benefits of it. And that's just because to make food last longer, you generally have to take out the good benefits of it. Now for me, and I talked about this before, I knew I had certain health goals that I knew I wanted to get to, and I still do today. So I had to give up eating Filipino food daily, which had high amounts of sodium and fat, low amounts of protein, and barely any vegetables. So I had to start making my own food when I educated myself about this. Honestly, I'm already too cheap to buy takeout food or have food delivered to me, so that wasn't really a problem for me. A few years ago, though, I had to learn how to cook and survive basically making and cooking my own food. And I think that's pretty obvious that that's helped me tremendously when it comes to improving my own health. So when it comes to cooking and prepping your own food at home, it'll help you become more healthy because you should be eating more proper proportioned meals. So what do I mean by that? That means your plate of food should be about half vegetables or greens, and a quarter should be your protein source, and the remaining quarter should be your carb source. And yeah, that's a general rule, but it's a pretty good one to go by. Now, if that seems too daunting for you at first, then just try a quarter of your plate with vegetables to start. And you can dress that up with salt or a little bit of olive oil as well. That's actually not a bad thing to do. It could make the vegetables taste a lot better. I know I especially like having steamed broccoli with a bit of salt on there. And I've recently gone into making asparagus with some olive oil as well. Alright, so in terms of your protein sources, it would be good to try to pick lean ones, of course. Things like chicken breast or thigh, leaner beef like 90-10, that's 90 lean, 10 fat, Processed meats like salami and stuff like that aren't great options. They're loaded with sodium too, and not really a good source of protein. Other not-so-great sources are sausages and hot dogs. And bacon, sad to say, it tastes really good, but having that every day probably isn't a good idea. So try substituting that once in a while for pea meal bacon or something along those lines. Other good protein sources are salmon for your omega-3 fatty acids, tilapia is a lean fish to have, and I'm sure there's many others out there too. Oh yeah, oh my god, how could I forget? Eggs, they're great to have, almost forgot that. Uh, shrimp is good too, just don't forget to de-vein it if you're going to eat it raw. Alright, so some good carb sources to have are things like pasta, rice, quinoa, oats, fruits, potatoes, 
And when it comes to having your carbs, don't forget to get a good amount of fiber in there too. So that might mean a meal of whole wheat pasta daily, or maybe try a half and half blend or something so that it might be easier for you to stomach. And some good fats to have are things like olive oil, nuts and seeds, avocados. And you can also get fats from your protein sources as well, like from salmon or chicken thighs is where I get some of mine from. And eggs are a great source as well. Now combine some of those foods, have fruits as snacks, and start making your meals at home. The bottom line is when you're cooking your food at home, if you choose good sources and have ideal proportions, then it's going to be pretty hard to overeat and gain unwanted body fat. And that's because, like I said earlier, it's hard to overeat if you're mainly taking in whole food sources. It's easy to eat crackers and chips and chocolate all day without getting full, and that could mean eating a thousand calories. But getting full off whole pasta or oatmeal, trust me, you would have to be a beast to eat a thousand calories worth of oatmeal. So if you're looking to improve your health and physique, then start by making your own food today. And if you want to take it to another level, start tracking what you eat and make at home compared to those takeout food sources, and you should see a dramatic difference in there in terms of calories and the amount of carbs and protein grams are in each meal. And that concludes episode 31 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about how to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. And the best warm up you can do before your workouts.